0: Hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey listeners, if you feel like I've been doing quite a few bonus episodes recently, that is absolutely for certain. I have a backlog of so many amazing interviews, Um, but this one I'm releasing in honor of some recent events that impact me and might not impact you. I haven't heard from my husband in 48 hours. I'm a military spouse. And that is terrifying. I know he's safe, and I know that the incident that his group was involved in, you know, he's okay, but there are eight lives that are lost. Seven marines and one navy. This is why I'm releasing this episode, because the person that I'm interviewing in this episode wants to remain anonymous, but she and I share the same tie and when our husbands deploy they will be deployed together but on separate ships so I wanted to release this episode in light of recent events and bring awareness to the fact that being a spouse is fucking hard it's hard and this is the reality that we try so hard to chase and I want to thank my anonymous guest so much. I truly couldn't go through this without her. Um, She is an incredible person through and through, and I'm excited to share her story. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And um, yeah, thank you. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Another day in paradise at this point, I think it's Friday, but I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) Quarantine day, 568. I don't right? Here
0: it is. <laughs> 100%. 100%. So, hey, everyone that's listening, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And uh, due to the sensitivity of my guest that, and the topic, which will deal with some legal ramifications, some custody agreement, and some pretty sensitive topics, we're going to refer to my guest today as Jane Doe um, based on an, on an anonymity. And this is the first time I've done an anonymous podcast, but it's important to tell these kinds of stories as they pertain to imposter syndrome. So, Jane, why don't you take the floor and give give your 30,000 foot overview of who you are and how you came to be.
1: Yeah, so I am a I guess you could say like societal stepmom, but within my nuclear family my immediate family it's me, my husband and my son. Um and I met them about 3 almost 4 years ago now and then kind of got thrust into this world of a blended family. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't something I ever pictured for myself, but it wasn't also something that I was scared of. I just when love happens, it happens the way it does organically usually. So, yeah. um, but it kind of thrust me into this world of, you know, blended families. Mm-hmm. Um, I came from a family of divorce, so I was aware of, you know, families not working out, but I have a very, what I call highly functioning divorce couple as parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't affect my growing up at all. So, so divorce, I understand, I have like a good relationship with divorce. Um, I'm not right. dated towards it at all. Um, my parents got along great and they still do. Um, so meeting my husband and knowing he was previously married once before me and there was a child involved. Um, I've always loved kids. So it kind of just came second nature to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than being a mom, I am a nurse. Um, I'm also a avid, um, I don't know how to say it. I guess you could say, um, I like video games. I'm a girl that likes video <laughs> games. So I just, I don't want to say gamer girl. Cause then I feel like there's like that really. Weird kind of like <laughs> attachment to it. Don't it's not. Right, I just right. like video games. Um, I love to go. I'm live in San Diego, so love being outside. Um, mm-hmm. Except we're kind of trapped right now because of quarantine. Um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah. It's, um, I like to tell my friends that you know I'm a mom, but I'm also an individual as well. So it's something you know. Try not to lose my myself in uh, in a title is, is important. So yeah. I have my own interest in enjoyment in life too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's really beautiful. Um, and I, I love kind of your story, and this is a, an exciting one for me to kind of tell about in terms of imposter syndrome. Um, I you know I was really excited when you know you came to me and wanted to be a guest. Um, so for my listeners, um, Jane and I have actually never met in person. This is actually our first Zoom call together. Believe it or not, I know. Um, but she and I talk regularly because we matched on Bumble BFF, Bumble BFF, the friend portion of it. It actually really does work, and it's really helpful during quarantine. So if you're feeling kind of lonely and you're a girl and you're having a hard time making friends, Bumble BFF is really great for that. Um, So we met we matched shortly before all of this went to shit and then she and it happens, it just so happens that her husband and my husband are on the same fleet and so they were on this long ass underway together. And so we're just like, what are the odds of this? And then like every day we were like sounding boards off each other. And I think at first I was a lot more weepy, but she is, um, her husband is in the Marine Corps. So she's used to this. And I leaned on her a lot, but now I feel like a fucking expert. I've got to be honest. Um, because And so now I'm walking my friends who are having their first underways happen. Um, and their first ish, you know, their first times being apart from their husbands, um, I'm walking them through it and now I'm the expert. It feels really weird.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, you definitely learn on your feet. You're, you have to, I mean, you have to, you have Mm -hmm. to, as the Marine Corps says, adapt and overcome your situation at any given time. So I think over the years of being with my husband, you just kind of learn to except that things are going to change and nothing is ever set in stone. So it's kind of just like, right? it is what it is.
0: Right. Yeah. And absolutely. And you said something really poignant that I want to touch on is that like, you know, you were thrust into this world kind of getting to know it. And I also met, you know, met my husband and was thrown into a world I wasn't used to, which is that of the military world when I had zero recollection and zero knowledge on it um, Mm -hmm. in in previous. And so I can totally understand like your world turning upside down, um, you know, like I'm on on a, on a, on a whim, but Mm -hmm. I mean um, you know, for my listeners, you would never know that uh, Jane is not his mother by birth. Um, She is a dedicated human who loves this child as her own, because that is the kind of empathetic person that she is. And you would never, ever know.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, and it's so funny. I was, I guess I was just really anxious, like in the beginning about Mm -hmm. going out in public with him, because obviously if you ever met my son, he doesn't physically look anything like me, but I mean, even people out in public don't question. And I, and I think that's the beauty of the time that we're in now, Mm -hmm. because there are so many blended families. Adoption is huge. Like you don't know if someone is, if a child is someone's birth child or not, and it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter to to the child. And that's all that matters.
0: And you said another really beautiful thing too, that I would like to touch on is that, you know, while your parents were divorced, they had a really amicable relationship with one another. That's very Mm -hmm. rare. But I also think like, too, like, that's also shaped your perception of love and, 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 you know, and being able to relate to other people and really be open-minded to other situations. Um, I always think I, I. For me personally, I will never get divorced because I found my soulmate, um, and yep. if if he goes, I go, um, and I would <laughs> die without him, and because I love him so much. And I, um, I, unfortunately, sometimes people don't meet the person that they're meant to be with, or mm-hmm. they decide too quickly. Especially as your husband's military, sometimes relationships jump and escalate way too quickly, um, and because of that, um, divorce rate. I, I don't know why, but pe- divorce is frowned upon, and it shouldn't be um sometimes you know, especially with quarantine
1: right now, if you're in a toxic relation, get out, sis yeah, especially yeah that's that's a huge thing right now, you know yeah. um that they're talking about, and it should be spoken about you know there's there's all these posts circulating on Facebook and on Instagram, like you know, text me about my nail polish that I'm selling or something like that, just mm-hmm. that you know help help your girlfriends out, yeah, yeah. definitely divorce shouldn't be just like blended families are becoming more common. Divorce is more common. Of course, it's never someone's end goal, but it is a healthy option when done correctly. And if the two people can be adults about it, it's absolutely a healthy option.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I guess kind of um, we might as well just hop into the topic at hand, which is imposter syndrome. Um, so, uh, for, uh, one thing I've always noticed with imposter syndrome is that the feelings of success and the feeling of having it figured out and life's answers and all of that, you know, they, they kind of go hand in hand with how people feel and what imposter syndrome means to them. So, we're going to start with the first question, which is Do you feel like you have it all figured out?
1: Um, in life, no. <laughs> and in being a stepmom or a mom, no, <laughs> it's, it's definitely, um, I mean, stepmothers already get a terrible rap because, you know, movies like Cinderella and all that stuff where it's just an evil stepmom comes in and is like, this is my family now, and it's what I say goes, and <laughs> absolutely not, absolutely not. Um, I'm actually, contrary to popular belief, very open to the idea of co-parenting and being like a tri-family, mm-hmm. you know, a tri-parent family. Um, but unfortunately in our situation, yeah. um, she is, you know, his birth mother is not willing to be a part right, of it. Like right. she wants to be a part, but in a toxic way. Yes. So, um, so a lot of this is kind of, a lot of it's leaning on my husband because he is the birth parent. He's obviously been with my son since the day he was born. So there is that mm-hmm. an innate bonding of a, you know, of a biological child. So you kind of often as a stepmom or a step Family figure, you know, societally feel like separated from your own family,
0: right? Because they're like,
1: oh, you weren't there for however many years. Whether I met my son when he was two, and he's now five, so it's like I've been a part of his life for three years, but there's Mm -hmm. all that like bonding time and things that I've missed out on his his infant years. I've missed completely,
0: right? um,
1: Yeah, a lot of it is kind of just with life. It feels like too as a military spouse, learning on your feet is Mm -hmm. very much the same in being a being a step parent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's just um, hop into imposter syndrome in general. So I'll ask the question: Do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome? In what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you in your story?
1: Yeah. So um, I definitely feel like I have it in in this sense because as a step parent, because I don't, I didn't birth the child. Mm-hmm. So there's already not carrying a child, not being pregnant yet having all those roles as a parent, um, you already feel kind of fake because, mm-hmm. and I think people view you that way. And they're like, Oh, you're not really a parent. You're only a parent because your husband has a child, you mm. know, or your wife has a child. And it's like, correct. Mm-hmm. But you, I didn't have to come into this willingly bringing him in as my own and raising him as my own right. so there's a whole group of you know, I've done a ton of research, as weird as it sounds, about being a step parent and how to create healthy relationships with your, you know, biologically stepchild. And there's a whole group of parents, step parents out there that do what's called nacho parenting. And it's as terrible as it sounds. And they say, nacho kid, nacho problem. So there's parents, there's women specifically, because I find these stepmother groups. And they're like, yeah, well, it's my husband's son from another marriage. And then they have a baby together in their marriage. And they raise that child almost, they don't do any disciplining, any kind of parenting roles for those child, for that child mm. that they didn't birth. That Get with their own biological child, exactly. They're raising as their own with that parent. I'm like, how does that work?
0: Like, right. how is that
1: healthy for anybody to separate your two children? Either they're all your children or none of them are. Like, Interesting. That's, it's, it's very strange. I didn't like it. It was a very, well, you know, yeah, horrible and, situation. To watch
0: yeah. So I've never actually thought of it that way. I didn't even know that that was a phenomenon, but it makes sense. Yeah. How many times in my life have I heard a friend of mine go, well, my dad got remarried and then she got knocked up because she was like, you know, and then, you know, she got knocked up and, yeah. and, and now my dad my, my stepmom is treating me differently. Or, you know, I, I heard that all the time growing up and I didn't know that there was a term for it. So it's nice to know that that's actually what that is. That's super fucked up by the way. Oh yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Because like, (laughs) I mean, you know, as a child, like all you want is to be loved by your parents and it really super sucks when you like realize that they don't actually love you. And I, I, it's 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 incredibly tough, like stepping in and, and you. You're right. You didn't have to step up and be a mom. You didn't have to. You chose to. That's the selfless act that you chose to do because you knew you needed to. In your yeah. heart of hearts, you couldn't not.
1: Yeah, it's it, there was no other way to approach it. You know, this child yeah. did not choose this life. He did not choose his parents exactly. You know, and he is deserving of all the love that a normal, you know, healthy you know, family is of a father and a mother who didn't get divorced, you know? Yes. And so I'm happy, that's kind of how I viewed it. Right.
0: And I'm happy that he gets to see his dad in a relation, his dad with someone he loves. And he now has a good example of something. And I think like your husband did a very good thing by, by, you know, I mean, walking away, unfortunately, as, as, as sad as that is, I mean, given some of the stuff you've told me, it was very, very toxic and he needed to, but he chose his son, which is, absolutely. Very unheard of. Uh, a lot of men would either walk away or decide, you know, not my kid, not my problem. But no, your husband st- stood up and said, This is my child. And like, I need yeah. to do what's best for him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I always say, you know, in our, in our wedding vows, that was part of what I said to him was that I knew when I met him that he could never hurt me because of how much he loved his, his son. Absolutely. And because of how fearlessly and fiercely he fought for him. And he won because. At the end, you know, as everybody says, true love wins at the end of the day. And it really does. Like, he truly loved our son. And that's what saved him. And that's why he's with us. And that's why he is going to grow up knowing what true love is and that two parents, you know, yeah. can love each other. Like, you can come from a broken situation and still
0: be with I think loving. that's so beautiful. And, and your son is going to be so lucky to have that example of love. You know, we don't really think about the way that we fuck our children up in their in their (laughs) adolescence. We really don't think about that very often. But like, um, you know, it's a beautiful time for children because children have never because because now as millennials, our parents, you know, our parents all told us we were special. You're special. Mm -hmm. You're unique. You're you're a flower, whatever. And now, um, you know, people are undoing what generations of have been doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know and they' and the and millennials are who are having children right now are raising their children to be more empathetic and more loving and caring and open minded mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, less politically correct but just more open. To new experiences if yeah. they're being raised correctly. Um, and so I think it's a really beautiful time for children. We, and I look forward to what the future will hold. I hope that we have this woke population of people who don't, <laughs> who use correct pronouns and are polite and aren't racist and all of these things, you know? Right. So um, so I really think it's, a, it's, it's really awesome that you get to have that impact and that your, you know, your son, he sat, like from everything you've told me, because I haven't met, obviously people, I have not met her yet. It's a day in quarantine. <laughs> Everything you've told me, like, he just seems like such a loving little
1: boy. Oh, he is. He's is just the sweetest, you know, literally, he's like a ray of sunshine. Like, he wakes up happy and, like, just goes through his day happy, and he, you can't help but smile every time you see him. Like, even our neighbors, when they see him, they just light up because he's just this little... <laughs> little fluff ball of light he's so he's he's a joy he's exhausting because he's got so much energy and I just right. I don't you know I don't know i I swear he fights it for me but yeah. I don't but you made a good point when you were saying like as parents we don't think about how we fuck up our kids and that's another thing I think that plays into imposter syndrome mm-hmm. is because I'm not a biological parent I worry I worry that because I don't have that like innate biological connection to him that maybe I am a little bit like you can only get so close to someone that you're not biologically related to. That's not like your spouse or your significant mm-hmm. other, you know. And I feel like I want to love him more, but like yeah. you're you're only so limited because you you just can't. I don't know. It's it's so hard to explain, but I worry that that creates a barrier between us. And I never so I'm always worrying about like how I'm talking to him. Am I being too harsh? You know? Do I need to be more flexible? and things like that. So, you know, that's why therapy for us as a family, which we're going to start doing is such a huge key part because you just carry so much weight and worry. Like you don't want to fuck up this kid even because he's already been through so much. I don't want to make it worse. So I'm constantly beating myself up, you know, while the rest of society is judging me as a step-parent, you know, and I'm just like, like, am I cut out for this? Like I don't hurt him anymore than he's already been hurt. So there's always like that, you know, you don't know, you have no idea what you're doing. Not that any parent really ever knows what they're doing, but it's just heightened, highlighted more so when you're- a Yeah. Parent.
0: Yeah. But again, I'm going to just take it back to what you're saying. I mean, think about this. You are a lot of people, you know, with that nacho mentality that you mentioned, Nacho kid, not your problem. Um, mm-hmm. They're not taking, they're not agonizing and up over, you know, staying up, you know, worrying like you are. So I want to say props to you and give yourself a pat on the back for that. Because I, I think like you were definitely the right person in his life. You're the right choice because um, you've kind of talked a little bit, you know, here and there kind of on what the birth mother has done and all I've heard and felt. So what I didn't really know much about the situation, situation to my listeners um, at first I was like kind of on the birth mom side because I you know our, uh, Jane was basically coming to me very frustrated, i didn't understand the full situation, but then, as I've learned more, I realized that um unfortunately, her son is being used as a pawn and of manipulation and control, and that is not love
1: absolutely,
0: and that is horrible and um what really upset me was when she started missing video calls that she would force you to schedule and you're handling this crazy situation. Um, you know, you know, while your husband was gone and at one point they had calms down, I mean, it was just a lot for you to handle. And not once did I ever feel, once I knew the situation, not once did I ever feel that that came from a place of love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I know coming into it when I first met my husband of course I was a little skeptical but anytime you hear a father an active duty military member who is a father who has full physical and legal custody there should be red flags going off for anybody that ever hears (laughs) that because courts notoriously always favor mom because of she birthed a child she carried the child la all this stuff like mom is an angel and perfect and you know his birth mother actually had that mentality going forward through their legal battles was she even told my husband she's like the court will never take a child away from his mother and she and she wow. made the choices she made and did the things she did honestly writing on that she like she called her own bluff and she was like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do pretty much everything horrible you can think of and they're still not gonna take him away from me.
0: What an idiot! So,
1: yeah. So, because I came into it a little bit skeptical, because I was like, eh, "Are you really? Are you just keeping your kids from your of your ex wife? Like, are you just mean like that?" And then very exactly. early on, he showed me documentation. He let me read court documents and, and minutes, and like the custody and the final you know judgment of their divorce and all that stuff. And I was like, "Holy crap, you weren't kidding!" Absolutely. And immediately, you know, immediately I was. It wasn't even like on his side. I was on Isaac's, or sorry, <laughs> I was on my son's side. And, um, and it was every, anything and everything I could do to help him keep our son safe. I would do. So yeah, it's just unfathomable what, right. And that is to their own children. And that is why we are
0: doing this anonymously because, um, you know, there, I I know I don't want to use the term crazy or anything like that, but (laughs) I, but your son's safety is the most important. And, you know, like, like. Like I respect that decision. And I think that like, there's power in the story. And if this helps anyone that's struggling to, you know, struggling as a step parent or coming into a relationship or something for me personally, I, I'm not a person that wants to have children. I think I've talked about that a lot. Um, but also like if I fell in love with the right person and they had a kid, you know, I would have done the same thing that Jane was doing. Um, and I, it would have changed you know, it would have changed my life and it would have changed my priorities and it would have ch- changed my perspective. There is a level. You can't really help who you love. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. You really can't. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the camp of love is love no matter what. And uh, mm-hmm. that it, it shouldn't matter if you're red, blue, rainbow, same sex, you know, whatever. Like I think whatever. everyone deserves to be loved and have love. And, um, you know, especially a child deserves to feel loved.
1: Oh, absolutely. I almost feel like a little bit more so just because they're so innocent. And like I said, he, he didn't choose this life. He didn't choose no. the trauma that it was inflicted upon him. He didn't choose any of this. And you know, the least, the least I could do because I love his father is love him.
0: Exactly. Much, you know? Yeah. So, and
1: yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation, you know? So like you said, anybody who's going through it or, you know, cause I feel like step-moms are a lot of the Mm -hmm. unsung heroes of you know these these blended families because you're a woman Mm -hmm. loving a man who had a child by another woman so it's like they're always forever connected to this other woman Mm -hmm. and it's not you know for my husband there's no feelings left burn those bridges ever the whole house burned down it was you know just there's nothing there but you're forever tied because of this child to another woman and it's right There's no, like, inferiority feeling, but there is that worry, like, you're not ever going to be loved as much as that child's mother is, like, by that child, so there's always that fear. I always tell my husband, I was like, I'm going to, I'm loving this child with everything that I have, and I'm really trying, Mm -hmm. when he may grow up, and not that, I don't think he's going to hate me, I really don't. I think, if anything, we'll be best friends, but you know, but you, there's always this worry that he may not love you as much as you love him. And right. it hurts a little bit, you know, cause you're yeah, like, yeah, it's a lot of sense. And
0: I think like you have to hold a lot of love in your heart to be able to, um, love. Okay. First of all, let's go to the military spouse thing, right? It is a fabric of who we are. There's a lot of imposter yeah. syndrome regarding being a military spouse. Um, I've touched on mm-hmm. it in previous episodes, but, um, there's also a level of you're so so basically you openly and willingly invited yourself to share your heart in three different ways yes. one with your husband two with his child and three the military which is going to be part of your um you know which is which is kind of a dark passenger always in the background yes. so you're kind of in this weird threesome <laughs> situation <laughs> right? so to speak two mistresses <laughs> right absolutely my hope for you is that maybe one day I don't know. There's going to be a come to Jesus moment for her, the birth mom, and she figures it out. But I, I, from what you've told me, I don't know if that will ever happen. And to my listeners, I mean, if you're going to cast shade or judgment to Jane here, um, you know you don't know the situation fully. But just know that Jane has done everything in her power to make this child feel loved and safe and accepted. And um, I mean, I've seen your you and your husband's love story. You showed me the wedding video, and I. I cried. (laughs) I was like, I I don't even know this person in person, but I cried. (laughs) And it's just, it's, I mean, I love it when my friends meet, meet the right person for them. And like, really when you meet the right person for you, it's a catalyst. Like, of course you would probably would have never chosen someone with a child as, as your person. But yeah. Yeah, Yes. But at, at the same time, like I would have never chosen a military person for me, but it just happened. Like you just really can't help who you love and who you fall in love with. So I think this is really beautiful and I'm excited about it. But let's uh, move forward into um, the feeling of success. So as I mentioned, kind of failures and successes, um, they really do tie into imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, we're going to go, I I always love asking it because everyone has a different answer for what feels successful to them. So what does this, excuse me, I can't speak. What does success look like to you? Do you feel successful?
1: Yes. So for me, I think when I was thinking about this question was obviously because we're talking about imposter syndrome as a step parent and all that mm-hmm. um, is obviously a healthy, happy family. So just keeping my son stable and healthy and happy mentally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just um, because and emotionally and everything in turn. So it's super important to me. I would consider us successful if my son comes out of everything he's been through, just this positive, open, understanding, child, or person, mm-hmm. rather, human, that's just an insanely empathetic and understanding of everything, you know, and just kind of really well-rounded and, yeah, I think empathetic and passionate and compassionate to other people, you know, just that you can come from these horrible situations and horrible upbringings and experiences and still turn out to be this beautiful loving kind caring person so if I can just just do that for him and kind of yeah you know almost be a shield to him and like protect him from you know and from any further harm and then just give him positive coping skills and you know, effective communication skills and really kind of just show him that having feelings and emotions is okay. Yes. And going through hard things Living is okay. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I just want him to know that what he went through didn't define him. And then for me and my husband too, because being a step parent really freaking takes a toll on your marriage. And mm-hmm. I hate to say it. And I told my husband, I was like, I really feel like if we were ever to get a divorce, it would be because of her as sad as it sounds, because, oh, because my she heart. just has this way of, like, wedging in between us, and, yeah. like, my husband wants to break free of her, and I'm kind of more of this, like, logical, like, rational person, I'm like, well, we can't get rid of her, like, that's the mother of your child, of our child, and, like, yeah. you know, she's gonna be involved until he's 18, and then even after then, and, like, <laughs> just trying to be it- more... May I yes. ask
0: a question? And this might sure. this is, it might be because I don't know, I don't really know. So maybe you have the answer. Um, state to state, um, I, I believe I want to say in Colorado it's sixteen. They have the decision whether or not they want to speak to their a biological family member any longer if it's a divorce and custody agreement. Mm-hmm. So is it eighteen or like could your son decide if? He doesn't want a relationship with his mom, which, you know, that very well could happen. Okay. Does he, is he allowed to make that decision?
1: Um, I think just at any point in his life, he's allowed to make that decision. Because we've always said, like, I'm a firm believer, like, like you mentioned earlier, I don't think she'll ever have a coming to Jesus moment. Um, sadly, she's, it's been four years already and it's, nothing's changed. So I really don't ever see it changing. Um, if you can't change your life for an innocent child, then what can you change it for? Um, mm-hmm. so I think as far as like custody and stuff goes, um, I think California is 12 where the child can actually mm-hmm. say if they want to see the parent anymore, if they want to talk to them, whatever. Um, but my husband and I have always been really supportive and been like, you know, if he doesn't want to, we even tell him now he's five and we say, cause there's days where he's like, I don't want to talk to mommy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's fine, baby. You don't have to talk to anybody you don't want to, but Good. you need to communicate that to your mother. You need to tell her that. Because if right. I tell her right.
0: she's she'll, never gonna believe anything that comes out of her mouth anyway. She'll twist it. Exactly. She'll so I'm gonna it. say but
1: I'm also not gonna force my child to sit mm-hmm. on a computer or a phone and talk to someone who doesn't wanna speak to. So yeah. I think that's I think so there'll healthy come a point. Him. Yeah, I think there'll come a point where he'll and I always told my husband I was like, She is going to make him hate her all on her own. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to talk trash. I don't have to say how much I don't like her because we don't talk about her in front of her. Right? We don't right. We keep our opinions to ourselves, all adult conversations behind doors. Right. Um, so I was like, she'll take care of that all on her own. And if he doesn't want that, then I'm going to support him in that.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful thing. And to my listeners, I mean, that's pretty poignant. So let's touch on that there. Um, in raising this child to be in touch with their feelings and um, emotions and be, you know, really good at, and, and happy, um, I think it's, it's very good for, um, especially uh, for Jane to take this approach as a step-parent and, um, and, and, really, and really kind of let them make that decision for themselves. Um, as sad as it will be, if he chooses not to talk, speak with his biological mother, that will ultimately be his decision. And I really think it's beautiful that you're not influencing him in any way by speaking negatively of his birth mother. I mean, that is a huge point right there. I mean, that is props.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of step parents make that mistake because they mm-hmm. let their old feelings about the biological parent interfere and children are insanely intuitive and they pick up on that. So you kind of really have to put on your best poker face and just out your butt that you like this person because that kid has to develop their own feelings about their parent on their own because yes. too much of our I feel like of every day is influenced by other people I want him to be in control of his being and his feelings because they're all valid yeah you know and it's all about teaching our kids how to understand and you know and process their emotions so yeah. like I you know I'm always going to be telling him you know it's a choice and I I even tell him now you make these choices and choices have consequences so Mm -hmm. you know giving him that autonomy and just that independence to be his own person and to be you know have relation a relationship with someone that you want to not that you have to just because they're your biological parents
0: And that goes back to kind of what I was saying when I'm saying like children these days, because they're gonna be raised by a millennial generation are definitely going to be um, raised differently in this era of social media, in this era of Me Too, in this era of uh, therapy's therapy's okay, it's acceptable. Um, And it's an exciting time because I, you know, and then uh, I just, for me, like I think that I mean you 're doing a really great job, and if that pe- someone hasn't told you that i 'm going to tell you that. <laughs> of course, you. my frame of reference is that i 've only ever had a dog but, but at the same time dogs, I'm, I'm
1: people too <laughs> i'm a very thank you
0: i 'm a very maternal person uh, mm-hmm. I 'm an empath, so I give one hundred percent of myself to others in situations. Um, and I absorb those issues, which is a fault. <laughs> but I, um, I, I try my hardest to uh, see a situation from every angle. But, but I know for a fact that you're doing what's best for your son. You're putting him above his needs and his his mindset above your own, and that is the most selfless thing that you can do. So when eventually you do, you and your husband do have children of your own. I know for a fact that there's going to be no shift in how you treat your child.
1: Exactly. And that's, you know, and then it just goes to show him too, that, you know, family is who you choose. It doesn't have to be blood. Right. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be the person who birthed you. It doesn't have to be the person who made you. It's right. whoever protects you and loves you, fir- you know, fiercely yes. and puts your needs above their own. that's yes. that's, a, that's true love. And that's true family. And it truly is. I don't really know that would be success to me is for him to have his own family in a healthy relationship yeah. and just kind yes. of give everything we've shown him. To his children, just pass it on forever and ever and ever. And Absolutely. The
0: world. <laughs> and that is a beautiful thing um, because I've said time and time again on my podcast, um, I've said in previous episodes, I'm not particularly close with my family. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people can't really understand that. They don't really understand that. And when I say that, I don't mean I'm not close with like my husband's family. I'm actually closer with my in laws. But I just choose not to talk about family. I try not to, I try to keep it, you know, on off topic. Um, My my parents are very private people. My sister is a very private person. um, And there's a lot of like, hair full of secrets, so to speak, that I just don't get into because it's not anyone's business. It's my family. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, because I'm not very close with them, um, they don't really see me for who I am. I have a chosen family in the queer community. Um, As Mm -hmm. a straight ally, I have two friends. I have, I, I thought if something ever happened to me and I needed someone, I would be calling Trey, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Sean and Trey. They are like family to me. They are, I mean, I get, I get emotionally even thinking about it, or I would call my best friend, Marcy, who Mm -hmm. is my husband's second cousin. Um, and I would never think in a million years, pick the phone up and call my mom or my dad. And that so it. Just goes
1: back to families right. who you choose. There's exactly. the people who have proven exactly. time and time again that they are yes. they're there for you.
0: Yes, and I think there's like a level of imposter syndrome too when you're not close with your family, particularly. Um, oh, for sure. And and so I think like you, I'm I, uh, I always feel like oh god when are, when are the, like when are when are these normal f- people with normal families and normal this and that gonna find out that like all this weird crap about me and not understand it and. And so, yeah, so I, um, so, so just for me as like a personal thing, I, I just, I, ch- I choose, I family is who I choose, unfortunately. And it's no, it's nothing personal against my mom or my dad or my sister or anything. It's just that my family is my husband and my, whoever I choose to be in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's beauty in, in the, in the mess as of cliche as it sounds, because my mom was very much the same way. Um, she came from uh, she lost her dad very, very young, um, and my grandma was not a very motherly person. She was mm. very cold mm-hmm. um, and distant, and my mom spent a good chunk of her life fighting for her mom's approval, mm-hmm. and, you know, wanting her mom to love her, and just never being enough, and my mom, when she had, she always wanted two daughters, and that's what she got, and she was like, I, she made a promise to herself that whenever she had her girls they would never feel like she felt. And sometimes I feel like it takes that for to break a cycle. Like you will never pack yeah. that on. That will I, never be yeah. your legacy in your story. I have a you know?
0: similar story about my mom, and I'll share it offline with you at a different time, but um you just kind of it sounds similar. Um, but I think we've touched on imposter syndrome and kind of imposter syndrome and being a stepmom when you never thought in a million years the person that you were going to meet and fall in love with would have sole custody of their child, Um, which, I mean, it's really beautiful. And thank you for stepping up for your son um, and, you know, being an awesome wife and holding on the fort as a military spouse and just being a badass health warrior and essential health warrior at times of need. I mean, you're just a strong badass bitch. So uh, yeah. So I, okay. So I read ahead. So, so to my listeners, I always send out a questionnaire not to break the fourth wall, but I, I read ahead (laughs) and I, I, at first I was like, wait a second. Did I write this next part? So we're going to hop into my favorite part of the podcast. This is where we talk about things we're fanatical about and unpopular (laughs) opinions we may have. I'll go first. I'm currently fanatical about the fact that I purchased Pretty Pretty Princess from Amazon, and it came today. And I'm so <laughs> excited to play it. To my listeners, if you are young and you were not a child of the '90s, I so apologize. You missed out on the greatest game. Um, the goal of the game is to become the princess. So you you do that through like rings and bracelets and stuff. So I think you have to like a ring, a bracelet, a necklace, I think a brooch, and then um, and then you get a earrings, and a crown. And if you get the crown, you win. Um, I bought this purely because I thought it would be hilarious to buy the game and then play it on Zoom with my friend Kara. Shout out, Kara. I still, yeah, I I still think this is a great idea. So she bought it, I bought it. And um, we're going to play with our partners. (laughs) Um, And because we'll have four people to play. And so that actually... Like we'll find a way to play it on Zoom. So it's a pretty exciting time. And I will also say I'm super fanatical about Zoom. Zoom has really stepped it up um, during quarantine and I record all my podcasts through Zoom and I also pay for the unlimited subscription. And I just really think that Zoom is the way of the future (laughs) in a lot of ways. I used to hate Zoom (laughs) because I used to have to like interview on Zoom and it's like, oh God, a Zoom meeting. Again, And now I'm like, zoom? What's zoom? You want to zoom? or are in? You're it's a zooming. whole, it's a whole zooming.
1: movement. It's a movement. <laughs>
0: yeah. Zoom and movement. it's just so funny to me because like, um, I'm also an extrovert, like I'm a huge extrovert. Um, and I, I really love people and only like twice while my husband was uh, out to sea during that crazy, crazy underway that we, that you and I both experienced. Um, <laughs> where I was like, I just want them to deploy. And you were like, dude, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do not. Um, no, they will not, not come back. Um, at where, and I just, only a couple of times have I reached a level as an empath where I've been so emotionally drained by someone's story that I couldn't zoom for a day. Like twice oh. that happened where I was like, this that's, is a lot. I haven't
1: even known you that long and I know that's a bad place.
0: No, it sucks. <laughs> it, it's like the worst feeling in the world when you don't want any human interaction. I will be honest. Like I have the Peloton bike, which I'm also super fanatical about, you know, uh, as, as I, but I um, definitely am gaining weight. So I need to like get well, on that bike. I have no excuse. real thing.
1: I have no excuse, girl. It's a girl. real thing. I, I can could literally... be walking around the neighborhood or something, but no, I come <laughs> home and I play video games and I, Honestly, drink you know, and that is
0: okay. Oh, um, I drank way too much peanut butter whiskey last night, and uh, <laughs> I was super hungover today because being 30, is, 30 <laughs> is so much fun. Um, by the time this episode releases, I'll be 31. Oh, <gasps> well, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's, it's actually pretty funny and cute that my, uh, my sister-in-law and I are one month apart in age, to the well, day, to family <laughs> we anyway. are family. Yeah. So anyway, I went on a long tangent. <laughs> I apologize. Pretty, pretty princess. Zoom my Peloton, and now how I need to lose Famous weight. Plugs everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, also, little. Okay, I will say one more thing. Little Caesars has the best ordering app.
1: Minus the fact that he knocked on the.
0: I love Little Caesars. Uh, minus the fact that he um, knocked on the door when I specifically said don't. Um, so anyway, I'm just going to let you take the floor.
1: Can you remind me what I said? My i, I uh, on popular started
0: with, first? okay, so here's why, here's why I said, did you write this, right? We're starting with Fanatical. I did. And here's why I said, did, I, did you write this about me? Um, because you said sloths, and then you had this dream.
1: <laughs> and I had what?
0: You had this dream of going to Costa Rica, which equally me too.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So my, I am very, ask anyone, especially my mother-in-law, because she buys, anytime she sees anything sloth, it's mine, whether it be paper clips, um, notepads. I have like 50 stuffed animal sloths. Um, I just, I love them. I think they're so cute. I'm very specific. (laughs) I only like the two-toed sloths because they have Mm -hmm. the little pig nose and they're the cute ones. The other ones are like the weird, assaulty kind of ones that all the memes are made about. And I don't like those ones because I think the memes (laughs) ruined it for me.
0: That's a very, I guess that's an unpopular opinion then, right? Like, so she just, Uh, I haven't,
1: I know, but I haven't met people who really like sloths. There's only one person, my coworker from my last job. Um, she did get to go to Costa Rica, but did not go to the sloth sanctuary. What? But that is on my list. I know. I was like, how do you go to Costa Rica, love sloths, and not go to the sloth sanctuary?
0: I, I will think. move hell. I, I will. I, I will heaven them. and hell just to just to meet a sloth. I um, just
1: want. I just want to touch it. Like, I just want to pet it. I just want to, I want to hear them make that cute little, like, squeaky of them. Oh, I just, they make me so happy. They just, right. la- they just hang around all day and they eat hibiscus flowers, which are, like, chocolate to them, and they're just the literal cutest things ever. There's this video on YouTube, I have to show it to you, of these two yeah. brother sister sloths, and they have, like, really bad mite infestations, mm-hmm. and so they make this, like, lard like skin cream stuff and then they wrap them in koban which is like a medical like soft elastic tape and they wrap them in it and when the boy has like blue stars and the girl has pink and purple hearts and they cuddle each other Everything. Oh, I'm that, is so, about that it. is so cute. That okay. is so cute. Okay.
0: <laughs> so to go back to your first point on that, first of all, hi, you met me. I love sloths. I'm not <laughs> super incredibly fanatical in the same way, but truly, um, so, you know, <laughs> I want, <laughs> here's how I knew kind of where the ship was, <laughs> because my husband said, you want to go here on a vacation. And I went Costa Rica. so I I, of course I I I did yeah so he just kind of like was very vague about it um but um yeah so I've I've had a dream of going to the sloth sanctuary for years
1: we'll have to make a trip of it
0: we yeah no now it's you and me we're going we're going mom's 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 weekend off we'll go on a baby moon it's just you and me (laughs) (laughs) anyway so um that's awesome and then I was reading ahead and you gotta just like. I mean, I read, like, your 12-year-old fantasy in here. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about, so go for it.
1: It's not a 12-year-old fantasy. Everybody judges me. My coworkers think it's weird, and, like, they're like, how can you be so obsessed with someone who's that young? I'm like, first of all, he's only two years younger than me. Maybe three? (laughs) I forget. Anyway, he's beautiful. He has long brown hair, and he can sing. And he would just happen to be in a boy band of equally handsome, beautiful humans who could also sing. So I love One Direction. Shamelessly, I don't care. Everybody who knows me knows it. And it's, I really don't care. Because you know what? Growing up, Sync and Backstreet Boys were huge. So I was closer to age in one, to One Direction than I was at the time that I loved InSync. I was like nine. Right. right. And these guys were like in their early twenties. So come on. Yeah. It's a lot healthier now than it was then right so, but I love them I am I don't care what anybody says they have they have a reunion tour somehow in the works it's gonna happen and I'm gonna go I'm gonna get front row VIP <laughs> I promised my my best friend this I was like and we're going we're I go. love it we're gonna see Harry Styles and all of his beautiful glory mm-hmm. and we're going to touch his hand as I always tell my friend I was like we're gonna lock eyes he's gonna fall in love with me and touch it
0: just, <laughs> you're like bye and, to my know, life just, see you later we'll
1: be, a, we'll be in a happy you know polyamorous marriage it's totally fine it's totally fine
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> totally <healthy. laughs> so let me relate here so um so i let me start by saying i'd never heard a one direction song ever
1: but no, uh, because what makes you beautiful everybody's heard it
0: well i've heard that one now and i didn't know that was them so i i kind of i was in uh, when one direction was getting big, I want to say I was like in high school, late high school, and college. I was probably in college when it kind of all happened. Um, and so I was like busy studying. Um, so there was a lot of things I missed out on. Um, and uh, I'm a fan girl. Um, I'm a huge fan. Um, so I was, I was close, not necessarily closer in age because I was still pretty young, but I loved in sync. I loved Lance Bass
1: who mm-hmm. happens to
0: be gay, to be gay says everything you know about me to
1: every girl growing says,
0: up oh gosh says everything you need to know about me um because i'm such a, ad, a, a i'm such an advocate for the lgbtq community right you're like um, queer gay. community yeah so uh yeah um so just to make you feel better when my husband was in training in pensacola it's you know panhandle pensacola and uh <laughs> middle of armpit of the united states i apologize in advance if, if people are from Pensacola, I don't mean to be polarizing, but um, Florida broke me last year. I mean, it really <laughs> did. Uh, Destin, Florida specifically. And, uh, <laughs> and so um, we were looking for things to do on the weekends because we, we had a car, we had a rental car and we could drive off base. He was there for instruction. The options were stay with my parents for eight weeks and shoot my brains out or go to Pensacola and meet him and stay with my parents for two weeks. So I flew to Pensacola and I saw that there was gonna be Pensacon, which is like a Comic-Con. Okay. And Joey Fatone of NSYNC was one of the people you could meet. Oh. And my God. husband paid $60 for me to hug Joey Fatone. And I have, a, I have a signed him on the mask Singer rabbit photo. And I was like, I knew it was you. I was crying. Like I cried. But I'm just he, wasn't that, he wasn't even my favorite. He wasn't even my favorite,
1: but the thing is,
0: it was only $60. He was, it was, was it 60? I think it was 60. Yeah. I, I was about to ask my husband he's and break worth the fourth so wall. More than $60, Um, whatever. I'm not even enjoying it. I spending. have a, and I have the photo and like my husband, like my husband's just like, he's like, do you want to be in the photo too? He took like a thousand photos with me. It was Aww. the greatest day of my life. I peaked my 12 year old inner child was like excited. <laughs> so I want that for you. Oh, I want that thank for you. you.
1: That's like the you most it it, you it, it makes
0: your me. life. It makes your life. And it, because we all had this, like, t- like, I mean, because you and I are both women, we identify as women and stuff. And I, I'm sure, you know, other women that are listening will be able to say like, oh, totally. I get that. Um we go through our hormones so weirdly during puberty that we fixate on things and we can't just like things in a healthy way. We nope. super fan on them. Yep. And my hormones were going crazy and man, sync really did it for me. But never Justin Timberlake, not not ramen hair boy. Nah. No. No. Nah. Joey Fatone and Lance Bass all day. All day. Anyway, so- um. And then you oh, also mentioned me one more thing. Um, and also, I love that, by the way. If you ever want to geek out on anything, I am always such a supporter because I can't like things in a healthy way either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for me, I was obsessed with Hannah Montana like in Miley Cyrus in college. Okay. Like my my pre- friend and I, we do Zoom pre- chats meltdown. together. So. Um, pre-meltdown. Oh, I even saw her at the okay. Bangers tour and she wrote a hot dog oh, wow. through the Pepsi Center. It was amazing. Um, wow. But yeah, so I... um. Yes, I totally get that. And I don't judge and I love that you are unabashedly who you are and believe in what you believe and I hope you get to meet Harry Styles. I really do. I oh want that gosh, for absolutely. you. You ha- it has to happen. It has to happen. Uh,
1: it really does, you know, and if I have to spend ungodly amounts of money, I will because you know what? You can't take it when you when you, you
0: can't take it stuff. with you. You can't take it with you. I mean, we're all about experiences now, right? Like yep. You truly can't take it with you. I would, I would pay anything. So my like right before all this quarantine stuff happened, um, Cher, my husband, I, I, had a dream of seeing Cher. I love Cher. I idolize Cher. Um, I've had a dream of seeing then. Dolly Parton and Cher, and I, those are my two like, like I have to see them. <laughs> Cher canceled her concert. We drove all the way to uh, Las Vegas, and she canceled her concert. Yeah. Well, Um, it probably was coronavirus if I had to be honest.
1: Yeah. And at the time
0: it was before the world shut down. It was maybe a couple weeks before the world shut down. And honestly, like it was really upsetting at the time, but I just, Cher's got to make it through this. Fingers crossed, God willing, or give me a hologram of Cher. I don't care. I have to see her live. (laughs) So yes. Yeah. I
1: think, I think she did you a favor because she's preserving herself, obviously. Oh, she she would have, yeah. She would have
0: sang it into the, she would have sang it into the atmosphere and we would all would have gotten it. Exactly.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So you just have to be thankful and just know that she will come back. Yes. Scared because things haven't been progressing as quickly as they've projected. So I really feel like I'm supposed to see Harry Styles in August. I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen because he's. I want to see him by himself, and I love all of his music. Yeah. Totally come into like his own person. Right. And I love it. I love. His expression. I love that, you know, just the creativity he's taken in his music and just like in his, the way he dresses and like truly gives no fucks. Right. Is all about just living his best life. Absolutely. I honestly feel like he could be my best friend. Really yeah. Best friend. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, if you want to get
0: into the other one you had, um, or if you want to move on to popular opinions, it's up to you.
1: What was my other one? You have to remind me. Uh, Grammy winner.
0: artist of the year
1: oh my god (gasps) okay if I was to ever sway my sexual orientation it would be for her it would be for (laughs) Billie Eilish I love her again same reason I think I love her is is, the same reasons I love Harry is she is first of all just out of this world she has the voice of an angel like she just if you ever watch videos of her sing because I haven't seen her perform live yet mm-hmm. she it's just so effortless and just beautiful yeah. and her music is completely her own and it's literally her and her brother Phineas recording and they recorded her entire like outbreak album in her room at her mom's house at her yeah. parents house like and just to create something so amazing and like individual and then the fact that she's huge body positivity and like she purposely dresses the way she does because she doesn't want media to talk about her body because she is not her body. She is who she is. And I love that. As right. women so freaking sick and tired analyzing our bodies and like you need to be thinner. You need to be this, you need to be that, this is what's attractive, whatever. And she's like, well fuck that. I'm gonna wear what I want to wear and you're not ever going to know what I actually look like. And and I love right. that because it's her body. Yeah. And she's not her body. She is her person. Like her soul, her music, like so much more than that. And I yeah. love that. I love that message that she gives to, to girls. And she's gotten people, not me per se, but she's gotten through a lot of her fans. She's gotten them through very dark times because she's very candid about depression, that um, she wanted to kill herself, that she almost killed herself. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, just being open and transparent about feelings and that those dark feelings happens sometimes. You shouldn't be scared to talk about it. It's talking about it that saves people. Yeah. So, you know, and just she's a great ally for, you know, mental health and, you know, I have anxiety myself and just being able to talk about it and take away the stigma. She's and she's only eighteen.
0: I mean that's amazing. On all this.
1: I know. I'm just she's a huge she's a role model for me. A beautiful person, like physically and aesthetically, but then also just in her soul and who she is. And I don't even know her. Yeah,
0: awesome. So, well, I really, I really okay. like that. I actually didn't really know who Billie Eilish was. All of a sudden, I just I saw her name everywhere. I saw her name everywhere. Saw her name everywhere. And then uh, I have the Peloton bike, as I mentioned. So they did a Billie Eilish ride, and I actually took it. Oh. And then I was like, Oh, she's really cool. And then I did kind I of some research just for
1: that. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> girl, I got
0: a referral code. Uh, it, yeah, but also like because you're military, you get a free accessories package anyway. But you can still use my referral code and. I sound like I'm in a cult. Um, <laughs> I'm in an MLM. Uh, I'm selling fun. you Tupperware. No, but you but it gets me $100 in boutique credit, and it gets you $100 off um, rolled in. But the military is the better deal, but it still works, and I still get credit.
1: <laughs> so anyway.
0: sister out. I will, yeah. Well, I mean, money. well... there's stuff in the boutique. I will say it's actually really, really high quality stuff, but I mean, it's super expensive, but because you like love Peloton so much, you like purchase it. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Billie Eilish ride was Kendall tool. She's from, uh, she's from LA. And so she's super identifies with, uh, Billie Eilish and kind of that music. And it was a really good ride. So highly suggest it. Um, and anyway, so, Uh, I love that and I think like you touched on a really huge point of like I mean society as women like you're too fat you're too thin you're too this you're too that and she's she's able to have her music without being sexualized and because of that like I think that that is kind of where we're going to start seeing the trend kind of go Um, because uh, now that we're all in quarantine um, you know it's really going to change the way that uh, people are as a society and artistry is and I mean you know so I
1: think it's a really positive thing she's doing. Yes. I'm all about positive women. Women, and what is it? Empowered women, empowering women.
0: Yes, but We're I'm not into it. the boss babe culture. So let's move into unpopular opinions. I'm just going to share one. I normally don't. Um, <laughs> boss babe and slay babe culture is um, toxic.
1: Okay. Do tell.
0: Um, so I... I there's, there's a level of exclusivity in it. Um, there is uh, a level okay. of cattiness in it. And yep. um, there is a level of like uh, just, I don't know, uh, women should empower other women point yep. blank, point blank, no matter what, because we're all marginalized. We all have the same struggles. We all bleed the same blood literally each month, literally. most of us. It um, there's a lot to be said that, that, that we, that we, we cultivate this culture of boss babe, boss babe, we're boss babes, Yeah, we're helping each other out, but that we, women don't also, it's very selfish in a lot of ways. So not every person is like this, but there's the idea that, um, just because you're saying it doesn't mean it's, it doesn't make it the same as acting on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. there's a toxic, so there's a toxicity to it. Um, and anyway, so that's just my unpopular opinion. We should all be helping everyone out and, uh, yeah. women as women, we should be uplifting rather than, you know, fixing crowns first that are crooked versus trying to take that crown and put that on your own head.
1: Exactly. If you want to say boss, babe, then you mean literally every female or person who identifies as female is a boss. Right. Exactly. There's no, like, there's no, yeah. Cause when you say boss, babe, I think of like businesswoman, CEO, <laughs> you know, got her life together kind of thing. That fake into profile. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, and I can see how that further marginalizes women. Right. Within their own you know. So
0: um yeah, what is kind of your so I read yours and it's funny. Do you remember what you wrote? (laughs) I don't
1: need to remind me.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh it's about chicken wings.
1: Oh God, yes. I felt man, yours was like all deep and metaphorical and mine's like, um This is really funny though, please say it. Boneless chicken wings are not chicken wings. They're adult chicken nuggets. That's all they are. Ask my husband, because he will not eat bone in wings because he can't really tell me why. He just doesn't like them. And he always has to have boneless. And I'm like, you might as well just eat chicken nuggets because that's what you're eating.
0: (laughs) And also like chicken nuggets uh, are like usually the cheaper option. Boneless wings cost more money.
1: Yeah, because and it, it's not like they're actually removing the bone from the chicken. It's literally yeah. a chicken nugget. Right. So like, I, I why, agree. Why does it you are not more?
0: wrong. You are not wrong. And there's a polarizing. So um, I don't know if the, the number one way to divide a workplace is to have these hot dog. Is a hot dog a sandwich debate? It's
1: not but
0: a sandwich. No but no one can debate that a chicken wing is not an adult chicken nugget. Like a boneless right. chicken wing, um, and I agree. And I, that's really weird. I mean, not to not to judge your husband, but that's really weird. The, there's so much <laughs> there's so much flavor in the fat and the tendon and the bone, and that is what like, I'm I a huge yeah
1: yeah. I think it's the tendon for him. He doesn't like that. Ah. But for me, like with boneless chicken wings or chicken nuggets, if you will, they're breaded chicken, so you can't get the crispy mm-hmm. like fried. Skin, it's always a little soggy. It's literally always soggy. It's not right. even a little, it is soggy. And it's just like, you don't get the crispy skin. And like, I love chicken skin. Like if you have fried Me chicken. Me too. Like, I was about to say that. Oh, so good. Oh so, my gosh. That's why I love bone and wings so much. Yes. And I never get yeah. to enjoy that.
0: So I am, um, I've currently been doing a recipe. So I love boneless, skinless, or i sorry. I don't love boneless, skinless chicken thighs. I love it's really hard in San Diego to find actual chicken thighs with the skin on. But my yeah. favorite recipe in COVID during COVID, and I'll I'll share it to my listeners in my description. But it's uh, one that my friend uh, Shelby gave me, and I kind of adapted it. But you use you use eight ounces of dole pineapple juice that then breaks down the citrus, and then I air fry it. So it's a soy sauce, um, soy sauce. Uh, soy sauce, mirin, rice wine vinegar, pineapple, and then uh, pineapple juice, and then a little bit of sesame oil and uh, ginger powder or ginger or garlic, whatever you may do. And you mix that all together. And then you marinate the chicken for like, I don't know, a whole day. I do that. And the, the, the citrus in it breaks it down. And then I love, I love the fuck out of my air fryer. Fuck. Yes. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> and so I, it's been so hot and I have air conditioning, but I don't like running it all the time. It's been so hot that turning the gas stove on really doesn't make sense because it just like blows hot air all over through the house. And then I'm just hot and I can't handle being hot. So I, um, I've been just using my air fryer and I air fry those suckers for 15 and then I flip them halfway through that 15 and then I do another five. So Tip, you know 20 in total just to make sure and it gets so crispy it's like a crackling
1: Mm. it's so good i know i just texted you you. the minute you started you did the minute you started like describing what it was marinated in my mouth my jaw dropped and my mouth started water oh
0: i will yes i will send you i will send you kind of my rough thing but just just know pineapple juice some people do marinade with orange juice and I never thought about it, but that makes so much sense because it actually tenderizes it. Really it.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like what our parents used to use, the like old fashioned meat tenderizer powder or whatever. Yeah. But like not processed.
0: Yeah. Except not my mom because her favorite it. spice is parsley. So she never used anything. <sighs> That's of a lot of spice. <laughs> so let's move forward. Um, <laughs> let's move forward. Uh, what's currently making you happy in the world?
1: currently making me happy in the world. Um I like all the like little happy stories that you hear coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh people leaving the hospital. Um, you know, uh I really, really love right now because um the mood Aubrey story just came out where mm-hmm. he was murdered um running in his neighborhood because he was black. Um and I love that social media recently, like I'm a huge, uh, crime junkie podcast fan. Mm-hmm, um, same. I love their ability to mobilize social media to help these people find, you know, find justice, answers for their families. Yeah. And I really think social media, it, it has a lot of beautiful parts to it, just as much as it has a lot of like downside. but, um, it's making me happy that it's bringing justice. Um, you know, I do like the accountability that I feel mm-hmm. like it's bringing, There's a lot of I hate fake news part of it, but it's like there's there is some transparency in it. You know, people are being held accountable. And that's always my biggest thing. My biggest pet peeve is when people don't take responsibility for their actions. Just right. own it. Like you're we're all human, we're all flawed, we all make mistakes, but own it. Yeah. Just say you made the mistake, apologize, try to be better and move on. And yes. I really feel like Social media has helped a lot in, you know, accountability, justice, and accountability. And um, yeah, yeah, I think it, it makes me happy. It's really sad what happened to of him, course. and completely, a, God, just unfathomable in this in this day and age. But um, but because of social media, it literally exploded in like days, mm-hmm. and it went truly viral. And I was like, and then the other day, like two days later from when I saw the story, and I read about it, and then watched the video then they were like they were arrested and i was like oh my god that was so fast so it's it's definitely like wildfire and we can definitely yeah. use social media yeah. and Tartic, it's it's goodness Good. And
0: and I mean, I kind of, uh, you and I were following closely the TR, the Teddy Roosevelt, the one that had the mm-hmm. COVID and we were following Captain uh, Crozier being let go and then eventually reinstated and all of that. I mean, I, I don't know if he actually ended up getting reinstated, but I would hope no, that No, he I did. heard
1: they're reinvestigating it, but. Oh my gosh. Okay. Another anyway, for another day.
0: um <laughs> because of social media and because of the media and stuff, I mean, that thing really took off and yeah, whether or not it was a bad way.
1: Perfect example. Perfect ca- example.
0: Captain Crozier is a fucking hero and yeah. um he did something so selfless and so beautiful and because of social media i hope that he knows that there are many people that cannot speak up you know in the military that would love to have had that opinion and would have loved to have made that decision but he threw himself on a cross for that ship and um so what i mean a in this, does. What, what a true, true leader, leader yeah so i mean for me like when you were talking about this um this this story it reminded me of that because of kind of, you know, how much the media and the social media really shaped it. Um, mm-hmm. and it's incredibly hard for me, um, as a person who has a journalism degree to oh. see all of the really shitty journalism in the oh, world yeah. right now. It's- but I will say that I was really proud of how that one was handled.
1: Yeah, me too. And it was like perfect example of, you know, social media being for justice and, you know, it's, you know, even our military as, you know, as much as we praise them and as much as we, you know, support them as spouses, you know, and we support our our husbands, but there's also flaws, flaws within the military and it has Mm -hmm. a very long, dark history and, you know, of sweeping one person under the rug for the benefit of all. And, you know, it's, or what they claim is the benefit of all. So Mm -hmm. when you see good things like this come out and there, there really is, we, as the people do have a lot of power to affect change. Yes. You know, it was because of the uproar that he was even, they even thought about investigating reinstating him. So if we keep using our voices truly for good and call out these people who are in power, I mean, that's what, that's what democracy is. So keep doing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Not super politically, because I'm not. Either, no. But. Yeah. But I,
0: I, I think that's great. We should be using our voices for change and for good. And we, mm-hmm. now is the time, if not now, when? Um, so mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. We're nearing the end. We're to our final oh. question slash our final. I know I was like, I could talk to you for hours, um, I know. um, which I love this. Uh, so, um, do you have Jane, do you have something that you would like to promote?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, I work in nursing, um, you know, and it's my, Plug. I kind of didn't want to elaborate too much on what kind of nursing I did, so I won't go into too much detail. Other than my um, my thing that I want to promote is um, cancer pediatric cancer research. Mm-hmm. So um, cancer really affects a lot of people. Um, whether you know someone in your immediate family or you know of a friend of a friend um, that has either a family member or themselves been battling cancer, and I was blessed um, the last um, year. Or so of my life to work with children fighting cancer, mm-hmm. and they are just literally some of the strongest, brightest, most encouraging children. Just humans in general, not the fact that they're kids. And it was. Sorry, my earphones fell out. <laughs> hold on a second. It was um, just in complete honor, and but I was also equally heartbroken to find out that children pediatric cancer research only gets about four percent of national funding. Mm. Um and a lot of the drugs that these children were getting were um literally older than their parents. And yeah. it's that you know, they deserve more and you just watch them go through these horrific side effects and, you know, losing all their hair, getting so sick, not being able to play outside, being stuck in the hospital. Right. And they just deserve so much more. And now that I work in adults and I see all these new drugs, constantly getting approved for new different, you know, kinds of cancer mm-hmm. to treat and whatever. And just knowing that these kids just have like the same 40 chemotherapy, you know, mm-hmm. to treat the same, you know, childhood cancers and they just, they deserve more. They're our future, yeah. you know, so we should invest more. So always, um, I know a lot of people see like the St. Jude commercials. You can donate to St. Jude you can donate to the children's oncology group. Mm-hmm. Um they are a massive um organization who actually gathers all of the cancer research and like protocols to treat uh, pediatric cancer and they share it with everybody. So like all nice. the same, all the same protocols. And I think it's beautiful because then you get great um research that way. You get great studies. You get great pools of candidates and patients and um, they also do this um, bone marrow, um, program where newly diagnosed like leukemia and, um, I think it's, I think it's leukemia patients. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I thought with where they actually will ask the patient or the family, you know, can you donate this, um, part of the stem cell that, or, uh, the bone marrow that we're going to draw, can you donate it to, to be studied? Because each, people think cancer is all the same. Like if one person has breast cancer, another person has the same breast cancer. Actually, each cancer and each tumor are genetically different. Mm -hmm. But they all have these, some have um, the same markers as other tumors. And those markers are what we use to create chemotherapy and immunotherapy to attack the cancer. So by donating their bone marrow and they're having it researched, they're actually helping future children that are going to get diagnosed with cancer. So it's just this beautiful program. Um I want it to be like a universal like all cancer knowledge really should be universal, should be shared mm-hmm. with everybody. So um yeah, so the children's oncology group is one in specific that I worked with uh closely. I did a lot of their protocols. Um I think it's beautiful that they're really truly truly putting children at the center and kind yeah. of sharing that knowledge and not keeping it a secret because they want to help all kids. So I think that's yeah.
0: That's really beautiful. Um, I actually didn't know this. And now that I've seen the statistics, like more than 95% of childhood cancer survivors will have a significant health related issue by the time they're 45 years of age. And, you know, Mm -hmm. only knowing the 4% of the billions of dollars that, you know, are going towards cancer research are for children. Knowing all of this, like, that makes me want to rally. So I'm going to put all of the information for the children's oncology group, uh, as Jane has mentioned, in my podcast description. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I hope that if you have a little money to give towards this and you've got, you know, your, your compassion meter ready to go, I hope that, you know, my listeners donate. And if you do donate, please let me know. We are at, please don't kick me out on Instagram. I'd love to know so I can share it with Jane that, you know, her voice has made a difference um, because we want something positive out of this. So yeah. Jane, we have come to the end. Do you have any parting words for my lovely
1: listeners? No, just if you know, if you're, I mean, other than like if you're a stepmom, keep doing what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. keep your kids at the center, they are the ones who are going to be, you know, that should benefit the most from this. Um, don't be too hard on yourself. There's no rule book for parenting, let alone being a step parent. Um, yeah, and you're rocking it. You're just be there for that kid, love that kid. That's really all they, they deserve it. So just remember that it's at the end of the day, it's about them,
0: about yeah. You. Absolutely, and thank you so much, Jane. I really appreciate being able to tell your story. And I always say, if this podcast can help one person, then it's done its job. And I'm really proud of the conversation we had, and I'm really excited to explore this avenue of imposter syndrome with my listeners. So, thank you so much for taking the time. (laughs) You know, we started at seven p.m. (laughs) our time uh, after you know you were you were able to get your kiddo in bed and all of that, and he's been relatively quiet. I've only heard him a little bit. Um, Yeah. But thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, and I hope to talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, and we'll definitely talk soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.